It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Roker Report Extra Podcast. Uh, you're joining me after... Technically, Stoke under-21s, but we'll not talk too much about that. I think we've got a bit of a tougher game, though, if I'm honest with you, on Saturday. Come up against Joey, Joey Barton. Yeah, Joey Barton's Fleetwood. He's in management now. Um, and to talk a little bit about Fleetwood, we've got Rosie Swarbrick, who is a Fleetwood town writer for the Blackpool Gazette. How are you doing, Rosie? Are you well? Hi, yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, all well and good. Just writing up and preparing for my early morning press conference. So all good. <laughs> Joey good. an early morning press conference, so... He's already oh. making friends. <laughs> I was going to say, how are you finding Joey Barton? I might as well just go straight on, straight from yeah. the off. How are you finding him? Yeah, yeah, really good. Really good. Really eloquent. Really well-spoken. And I think the biggest thing that we've seen in recent weeks is what you find with new managers that they, they talk the talk. When he came, his first press conference, he came and he, he ticked every box and said everything that you'd want to want a new manager to take it. he'd said that he wanted to create a working class team that represented the working class population of Fleetwood he said that he wanted to give young players a chance and give youth a chance and I just wrote the other week that we've actually seen that in progress and we're about a month into the season and he's actually lived up to his word I think Saturday's performance against Bradford summed that up the working class ethos of a team that were down to 10 men but kept you know grit steel kept going kept every single man worked for that for that victory you know you couldn't tell there was 10 men on the pitch you, you couldn't tell there was a man disadvantage and they really are he is really building a team that represents you know Fleetwood the file coast and you know that underdog mentality um, and also when it comes to youth he's turned around and he's given a 16 year old academy player the youngest ever player to play for Fleetwood's team in James Hill son of Matt Hill um, the ex-Preston player, he gave him a chance the other week in the League Cup against Leicester. And then, obviously, when it comes to youth, he's, he's also given Nathan Sharon, who's the first ever Fleetwood Academy player to category three player to play for the first team. So it's kind of been quite impressive to see the evolution that's already happened since he's taken over. You know, he's he's keeping to his word and he is building something really special. So he's been great to deal with from that point of view. And I mean, uh, I, I'm not going to deny that, you know, we don't really like the bloke. 
um, <laughs> for obvious reasons, many, many reasons. Um, and I think, you know, as a whole, though, like the football world sees him as, he can be a bit of a kind of someone to poke fun at sometimes. We all remember the French accent. We all remember the stupidity and stuff like that. And I said, uh, you know, if Joey Barton was taking over my football club, which let's be honest, would probably never happen because of who we are. <laughs> but um, say he was, my original worry would be, how does Joey Barton instill professionalism and stuff like that into a, into a team? What kind of worries did you have about Joey Barton as a someone who writes for Fleetwood and obviously follows Fleetwood? Did you have concerns about him? My main concern coming in was uh, with him coming in was that I was going to be on call every single hour of the day with his <laughs> tweeting, with everything that I'd be answering, that I'd have to be having to write about everything under the sun from you know the not not necessarily politics, but you know everything because he, he's a very eloquent and very learned and educated man, and he's, he just talks about any topic he'd, ha- he'd sit there and have a discussion with you about it yeah. and I my worry was that I was going to be on call because he'd be tweeting something you know mad at, at say 11 o'clock at night and there'd be this big flurry and you'd have all the nationals involved and all this sort of stuff but from the off he made a point of uh, coming and speaking to his local press because there's just really me and BBC Lancashire and Radio Wave who, who cover the, uh, the club home and away so you know not the Nationals aren't at every press conference. So I think it's been really important for me um, to see that he does appreciate the local media, your local press. Um, but yeah, there, there were concerns coming in. But I think he's addressed that. I think it's it's more as soon as even, like I talk about that first press conference, he sat there and he talked to me about League One, about the division, mentioned players and, and spoke about, the division that I've been covering for uh, this is my sixth season now and I, I was just quite taken aback now going oh he knows what he's talking about he's not just come down to league one and he's thinking oh this will be easy I've got Premier League experience he's actually done his research about the players about the differences between the players at this level and the levels above and it was it was really he's really impressed me he's really refreshing to deal with and He's enthusiastic, and I I think it something special is going on at Fleetwood right now. Do you think there's a, a more mature Joey Barton coming out of them? Yeah, I, I remember I was talking to the guys at Leicester the other week because we had a cup game at Leicester, and they were quite shocked when I said, he's building a team in the guise of Joey Barton, the player. <laughs> and yeah. many people, initially the first reaction was, what, Joey Barton, the player that punched Morton Gamps Pedersen, Joey Barton, yeah. the player that, you know, everyone thinks of, the red cards or you know the 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 drama around him as a player but the Joey Barton that I remember from a personal level watching is Joey Barton that played in that Burnley team under Sean Dyche that came to the Derby day at Blackburn and was the best player on the pitch because of his grit his steel his belief his workmanship and and what he brought the calmness he actually brought calm calmness on that day in a Derby day environment and he he has skill. He had skill as a footballer. He was very talented, and I just think that he's brought kind of that him as a player. Like we got players at the minute that are coming into Fleetwood Town, like your likes of Ross Wallace, your likes of Ryan Taylor, your likes of Wes Houlihan, top professionals that are out of contract that are just coming round to Fleetwood. And he said, "Come in, enhance the training levels, and just pop in." And he seems to. I always think when you look at ex-players or when you look at players that have retired and gone into management. How many friends do they have? And Joey Barton has a lot of friends. And I think that says a lot about him, even though he's built up as this, you know, 
red card and, and dramatic player. He's got a lot of friends. He gets on with a lot of people. And I think it's sometimes it's just a case of looking past the headlines, so to speak, and seeing what the substance is. And I think he surprises you a lot. He, he's, a, he's a very surprising man. Controversy does kind of follow him. But interestingly enough, I know we're early in the season, but you, you know, you're looking at Fleetwood and you're only two points behind us who respectfully were one of the favourites. And mm-hmm. but, but Joy Barton, the name Joy Barton hasn't really been in the headlines for any wrong or right reasons. It's kind of just quietly he started really well. I mean, you've had some really solid wins. I mean, 5 0 against Scunthorpe, you've got a draw with Charlton, you beat Bradford with 10 men. He's quietly seem to be doing a decent job and I mean there could be a lot of controversy surrounding Fleetwood I don't want to touch on it too much but Joey Barton and Chad Evans are two controversial names and yet Fleetwood seem to be quietly doing very well yeah I mean it's a controversial name in Chad Evans but just look at his stats you know six games six league games five goals three assists I mean at this level he he's there was times at Scunthorpe that he was unplayable There's been times that you've watched him and it's not even just him as a centre forward. It's the defensive strength that he brings, his his physicality, his help that he's brought. Because the the key things for me, what Joey Barton has done is last season was a bad season for Fleetwood Town under Uwe Rosler. Fleetwood Town, the season before, they turned it, they somehow, they were the surprise package of League One, ended up finishing fourth, going for the playoffs from nowhere, could have been promoted automatically to the championship and then last season was a real disappointment but he looked at why the reasons why he's addressed some of the issues so he's gone right there was a lack of leadership he went out and recruited leaders across the board not just you know Ched Evans is a leader he might not be well liked by many people out there but he is as a centre forward he can turn around to another centre forward and they'll listen to him because of his talent and ability he went out and got Dean Marnie from Burnley who yeah. was out of contract. He's got a leader, Craig Morgan, who used to who played for Wigan. He went out and he got players that have promotion experience from this division, from the divisions above. He's gone out and got players with multiple league experience. He's changed. He's come in and Fleetwood were a team, a club that bought developing players to then sell on. And now this year, they've bought players with one sole purpose and that are players with no real sell on value the players that you can look at aside from Eddie Clark uh, the young left back but aside from that he's gone out there and bought players with real experience that can get Fleetwood out of this division and if you look at the squad on paper if you forget about Fleetwood and the history as being a small club and coming from non-league if you actually look at their squad on paper compared to the rest of this division that is a top six squad uh, potentially a top two squad and even though it is Fleetwood, the underdogs, just what he's done to address the set-piece issues that we had last season. He's had finally addressed the left-back issue because there was a we thought Eddie Clark would address the issue of losing Amari Bell last year to Blackburn, but that's been, that was a big, that was a big uh, hurdle of last season, losing Amari at left-back. He's addressed all of the issues that you look at and he's gone for a solid 4-4-2 and it's just paying dividends. Some of the football that we've been watching, I've been sat there and I've been going, "Wow!" I had the, yeah. I I went to watch Blackpool. I had to cover Blackpool versus um, Coventry the other day, and Blackpool ended up winning that game. And I just sat there and I went, "I think I've been too critical of this Fleetwood side because this is 
you could clearly see in the football that I'd been watching and the football that I was then watching at, at Blackpool against Coventry, the, the difference in the gulf between the bottom of the table and what will be the top of the table. Yeah. You could you could see a clear difference between the football on display. And I, yeah, I just think the work that he's done behind the scenes, recruitment-wise, spirit-wise, all of the players, he's building like a really good atmosphere. The thing is, right now, what we haven't seen is we haven't seen Fleetwood Town lose uh, 5-0 in the league. We've seen them lose 4-0 in the League Cup after he'd made 11 changes. So he was kind of expecting, you know, he was expecting to lose to Premier League side Leicester. You could tell from that with, with the team sheet on display. But when it comes to the comparison, we haven't seen a losing spree yet. We haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen negativity, real negativity yet. So it's kind of, it's all great at the moment. We've seen them with the, the chips against them at the weekend when they were down to 10 men, but we haven't seen, you know, a couple of defeats in a row. Yeah. yeah, anything like that. I don't really expect to see it, given the calibre of this side. But, you know, throughout a 46-game season, there's going to be, there's always a bad month. I covered Preston when they got promoted uh, out of this division. And <laughs> there was a month in January where, it was it was just horrendous and, and they couldn't you know, they weren't getting the results they wanted and you didn't even know why they weren't getting the results they wanted and it was one of them yeah, yeah, it's just football, isn't it? You just have those months oh, sometimes. You you can have a run of away form and home form and yeah. So that's for me that will be the real test when we're looking at how he reacts to the pressure, uh, the mounting pressure. I mean he was just talking about he spoke to Gary Neville about his time at, at Valencia and that's why he said that he made the changes he did for the League Cup because Gary had told him that he concentrated too much in Spain on a cup run and that ended up being detrimental to the league because Joey Barton knows that he's not going to get sacked if Fleetwood Town crash out of league, uh, the League Cup to Leicester City but he knows that if they go on a five-match losing spree and they're at the bottom of the table given the amount of money that some of the players are being spent in comparison um, not that there was actual figures spent, but you know what it's like no, in this division, sure. the yeah, the wages and comparison and the budgets. Um, Andy Pilly has um, invested a lot this season um, in the coaching staff as well to help Joey um, and all that sort of side. You know, he's brought in two first team coaches. We've already got a coaching structure. So there's been a lot of investment. And if that doesn't pay off, then in the league, that's the bread and butter. That's what's important to, Andy, and you can see that this year they are really gearing up. Even he said about the signing of Dean Marnie, that this wasn't a signing necessarily just for League One. This is a signing with a view that they are signing players and looking at players with a view to if they get to the championship, where can they go with that? They've got players who they believe, young players in the squad, like your Kyle Dempsey and your Ash Hunter, West Burns, who they believe could play at championship level. So this is, you know, there's a real focus here. He talks about a three-year plan. This is a project. This isn't just like one season. This isn't just Joey Bart going into management on a whim because he's friends with Andy Pilly. This is him going, right, I've looked around at Poolfoot Farm. The thing that people don't understand about Fleetwood is they've got a 9.5. I think it's even gone up now how much they've spent on it. I think it's over the £10 million barrier. Their training complex is one of the best in the division. 
it's championship level, if not Premier League level. It's as good as Blackburn's Brockholes complex. It's, you know, as good as Wigan's one at Exton. It's one of the best training complexes you will see. And that is paying dividends now on the pitch. And oh, it's funny, you, you're talking about the, the roster of players. And I mean, I've said for a few weeks, I'm, I'm getting better with it. But uh, we, we've had two drops really, really fast. It took me a while to get used to who's mm-hmm. playing in the championship after 10 years of Premier League football. And then League One's difficult. But I, I was looking through Fleetwood's team and there's so many names I recognise. I mean, just looking mm-hmm. through the roster, you've got um, there's Gethin Jones, which I believe who's at Everton, Tommy Spur. You've also got James Husband. You've even got Jason Holt from Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's there's plenty of names in there. You've even got people like, as you said, Ash Hunter. There's Paddy Madden. There's so much experience in there. I was actually a little bit, it, I was less surprised by where you were after I'd seen the list of players. I was like, there's actually a pretty solid League One team there. I think the biggest advantage for Fleetwood is that, say, a team like Sunderland or you know some of your Barnsleys even uh, who've just come down, they they'll be looking at. at Fleetwood and going oh little Fleetwood and you look at the history or oh, they've come from you know this underdog mentality and that plays exactly into Fleetwood's hands because <laughs> they've got a quality team at their disposal and the thing is Joey the other day after they beat Scumfort 5-0 he, he came to the next press conference and he was saying oh, you know the the out from people from the outside are looking in here and going oh what a bad display from Scumfort what a bad display from um the opposition, not what a great display from Fleetwood. And I think that can be an advantage because you sat there with a team that's won five nil that people are going, Oh, it must be it must be scumfort. It's it's not, wow, look yeah. how look that twenty minute spell of Fleetwood and that game for me wasn't even the best that we can see of this Fleetwood team. I think that's what the scary thing for the rest of this division should be, is that that's just Fleetwood starting to click. That's not Fleetwood in full flow what they can be potentially. That's players, some players still easing into form. And some players, you've got two strikers, obviously Wes Burns won't be able to play because he's He's like Max Power, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the appeals failed. Yeah, But you've got him playing out on the right wing. You've had Ash Hunter, who's a centre-forward, playing out on the left wing. They're building into new positions. This is a new team. This is Joey asking. He's got a development squad kid in Nathan Sherrod, who was playing centre-half at South, on loan at Southport and Chorley in the National League North and has now been stepped up into first-team contention. He's knocking on the door of the first team as a defensive midfielder. He's looked at his squad and he's gone, what are you capable of? And He's got this a coaching team and calibre. He might not have experience at League One, but he's got Steve Ayr in there, who's obviously had masses of coaching experience. Obviously, coached Joey at Man City back in the day as well. He's got Clint Hill, who's you know a, you'll know from Rangers, a man of, yeah. yeah, a man of great experience who's there, you know, to help him him ease into his uh, first coaching role. And there's a lot of talent in that Fleetwood squad. I I said the other day last week. Um, at the weekend against Bradford, Kyle Dempsey, Kean Bolger and Bobby Grant all left out of the squad, not due to injury, just due to competition for places. And they would walk into any League One squad. If you offered anyone in this division one of those players, I think for, for free, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, go out there, but, but yeah. most, most people would snap your hand up. And then they're players that can't even get in a match day squad. That's just the calibre of what he has at his disposal. And 
you've you've had your Marnie and your Craig Morgan easing their way back from injury. They've been out for a year prior to starting the season. And now they're easing their way back in. You're starting to see their quality, their influence, their leadership qualities. Jason Holt, who's, you know, he made the mistake for the penalty um, against Bradford. But it's all kind of a, a learning curve and getting used to it. And, and he's got League One experience from his time at Sheffield United. So this is the really, really talented crop of players. And I, I'm just, I've been really impressed about what he was doing and, I wrote about it in the Blackpool Gazette at the weekend, just about how, you know, what the harmony there was on Saturday. When Wes Burns got sent off in the 43rd minute, he got a standing ovation from the fans because they didn't believe it was a red card. I don't think I've ever seen that at Fleetwood. And it was just like, wow, you know, the fans, Joey is getting them united and everyone, it felt really like, I don't know necessarily whether as well that, that perhaps could be Bradford and you know the disunity that's going on with them right now obviously with the Michael Collins thing yeah, and, and yeah. Stuart McCall going to Scunthorpe and all, all that's going on with them but it was just a real display of like unity the fans and everyone they're on the same page Joey is really it's like I say about this working class ethos he's you know he's a working class lad who's getting players out there on the pitch that are showing you that they're earning their money and fighting for the shirt and sometimes that's all you want to see as a football fan it's an ethos that oh, Deitch has with that very it's what, much yeah it's what Deitch had at Burnley it's a big part of Deitch he's the disciple of Deitch obviously yeah of course. he calmed him down at Burnley and you know really brought the best side out of him some of the best play some of his best football was played under Deitch at Burnley and he's really you know taking on that ethos of right building a team that represents the people, you know, the one thing that you can never say about Sean Dyche's Burnley team is that they haven't worked hard or that they haven't given their all. They haven't put a shift in. Um, and that's what Joey's really created at Fleetwood. His players will put a shift in. And Sunderland fans will know themselves, you know, that's that's what you want, isn't it? You, that's what oh, you want 100%. We, we've seen a lot of that and you touched on before about him bringing in um, big characters. And I think one thing I noticed about sort of our uh transfers during the summer was that we brought in like loads of former captains like Glenn Lubins we brought mm-hmm. in um but he's also integrated like Jack was integrated the youth as well as you know anyone listen to this mm-hmm. I, I would hope if it, any Fleetwood fans listening we have got a bit of youth there as well and we've got players that can flourish and can develop um mm-hmm. one thing that's quite interesting though like I've, I've done I think we're I want to say six games into the season but maybe seven um, this is about my sixth extra podcast I think I've done. And a lot of teams that I've spoke to, I've spoke to obviously AFC Wimbledon, Charlton, mm. so many teams that have admittedly, whether they've been positive or negative about how the teams have been playing, they've had like a fear of Sunderland. But I think one thing I worry about with Saturday is I don't think Joey Barton's going to come here or Fleetwood would come here looking for a draw like many teams will. I think he'll come at us. Um, and I'd like to see how we're going to handle that because most teams haven't this season. Is that what you're expecting? Is he going to come at us or is he going to be more, more of a game plan than that? I, I think there'll be a game plan, definitely. But he went to Scunthorpe United, one of the teams that were in the playoffs last season and went shifted formation to go 4-4-2. So I don't think that strikes a manager that has fear in going away. And I, I think as well, it's the big stadium experience. You know, they have now got players of a calibre that have played at the big stadiums before, but this is the, fir- the first time that Fleetwood have ever played Sunderland in the league. 
they've yeah. never been on that stage before. And this is a massive opportunity for the club. This is a massive statement for for an owner and a chairman like Andy Pilly, uh, full of pride to see his team go into a team like Sunderland to playing at the Stadium of Light. And they're going to relish this. The fans are going to relish this. That you know, this is this is what something ten years ago, you know, they were playing in in the depths of not depths of non league because I always forget how fast it's going because yeah. <laughs> it would have been in League One now for about got promoted to league one in 2014 so it's four years now so it's been quite a long time without a promotion which we're, everyone on at Highbury is not used to uh, but yeah like 10 years ago if you just turned around to Andy and said you know we, we're going to Sunderland and, and all this sort of stuff when Black, when they've gone they went to Sheffield United's Bramall Lane um, in the 2016-17 season and they ended up picking up a 2-0 victory there that ended up setting, propelling that that push towards automatic promotion. When they'd gone to the big stadiums, they went to Ewood Park and ended up taking a two-two draw. You know, all these all these big clubs that have come down the levels, Fleetwood have not got a fear. They're not going to sit there and and you know, they're going to come at you. And I think I was reading some stuff. I was talking to Rich, is it from the Sunderland paper, and yeah. he was saying that you've you've not had perhaps a great start at, to games. Now Fleetwood, no, they can haven't. have, they can have a great start. If you look at them against Scunthorpe, they were four 0 up in the first half. The game's gone then, so they're going to come yeah. out and they're going to come out fighting. They're going to take the game to them, and but then when they went to Charlton, they set up uh, on the counter. So they basically said, you know what, break us down because defensively Fleetwood are strong. They've not conceded a goal on the road yet. There's only the four goals you've conceded in total, is that right? Yeah. And two from the penalty spot, so <laughs> yeah, that's that that's says not it very all. many. From what you're telling me, you're not necessarily a defensive team either. So to not concede and not be a defensive team is actually that that's that, that's a pretty impressive record. It's actually less than we've conceded. Um, yeah. Although we, as you touched before, we've been down in about five games. I think Gillingham, Wimbledon, Charlton, uh, off the top of my head, and, and obviously Oxford. And yes, we've pulled it back, which is great for character. But it would be nice to to not do that again on Saturday. Yeah. The one thing that I've not really seen of Fleetwood, um, the only time that we've seen them go a goal behind is on the opening day and they ended up losing to AFC Wimbledon. So that would be a question yeah. that I'd, I'd like to see asked of this Joey Barton's team. Like what happens when, if they concede first again now? Because obviously they're going into this five games unbeaten in the league and it would just be really, really interesting to see how they respond to that, how they, how if it happens, how they would. But I wouldn't expect them. They barely gave away any chances at the Valley in the last league away game. There was just the one chance for Aribo, who put it wide at the post when he should have scored. I thought he should have scored anyway. Um, but then Fleetwood on the counter, they ended up, you know, in the last few minutes, Paddy Madden led a counter. It, I think it was four against one or two. After yeah. memory, I'm thinking back now. It's a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Sorry, um, teams come thick and fast in this league, yeah. don't they? <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah that they, they are strong defensively, and it just depends whether he he thinks what he goes with. But he treats every team differently. I think that's what you want a manager to do. He doesn't. Oh, 100%. He's treating every team as a different challenge. He talks about footballers a chess game so he's going to sit there and he's going to analyse Sunderland's strengths he's going to look at them and go right this this and that and I think the biggest thing that he one of the biggest compliments he took one the other week was that Charlton changed their system 
they were playing free at the back and they changed for Fleetwood because of knowing what they'd done at Scunthorpe just prior. So it's one of those where it's sometimes it's all about this is Joey also learning how to be a manager and predicting and setting up his team and, and reacting to how other teams face. It's, it's going to be a really interesting battle. But one thing I can say is that I do expect Fleetwood, even if they don't come out of the blocks all guns blazing, what they will do is they will get chances on that counter-attack and with yeah. the pace of Ash Hunter, with the likes of that in their team and the players that aren't scared of, of being on the big uh, big stage. Look at you, Chad Evans. Look at you. Look at your hunters. Look at your Maddens. They they want to be goal scorers. They want to be at the top of you know. They want their name. Evans wants you know Sheffield United to be looking at him and going right. We'll we'll take him back in January. You know, or, or whoever you know in that situation. You've got players that are hungry and fighting for the shirt, and players that if you give them a chance at the stadium at light, they're gonna they're gonna want to score. And yeah, it's really exciting. I really haven't sensed any fear, but we'll know more tomorrow when I speak to Joey. So, because uh, you always gauge from a manager I'm how they're sure feeling. Have, um, I'm sure you'll have some choice words. He's a, he's, a, he's a weird one when he comes to Sunderland. He mentions, uh, he talked about it's quite positively not long ago, but we don't have the we don't have the best of histories. But you touched before about him building a team on the on the way that the city is, I guess. You know, and the, and the, the the demeanor of the people. But he was very good at talking up how huge and important Newcastle were when he was here, and I think. When it comes to playing Sunderland, I think he likes to keep or managing against Sunderland. He likes to keep up appearances with that. So I think I'm yeah. sure he'll have some choice words about us. But he's a character, <laughs> you know. What what I did want to ask you, you sound really positive, and that's kind of worrying for me, if I'm honest. But um, <laughs> you know, nonetheless, it's quite refreshing because it's nice to hear teams fear Sunderland. Don't get me wrong; it's nice to hear that for a change. But you do sound positive. What's your view of Sunderland since? I mean, I, I don't expect you to know everything about us. We're still very early, and we've had a lot of change, but. A club like Sunderland, big stadium, uh, big reputation, a big upheaval, big change. How do you view that from a Fleetwood perspective? How have you seen it personally? And is there anyone that you necessarily fear in our team or anything you're worried about? Well, the player I probably know most about, having watched him play for Wigan a couple of times, he's, he's not in contention, is he, in Max Power? No, <laughs> so, he's suspended, unfortunately. I've, I've always rated Max as a player. He's, he's always, done really well. always, always made a mark. And, and in this division, he's one, one of the best players in this division. But yeah, when it comes to Sunderland, I, I think everyone looking at them, I love the nickname. I, you know, I've got a black cat, so I'm a big fan Same. of the That's nickname. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, just like looking at the, when you, when you look at the team, obviously you spoke about, you know, you've got players of the caliber in your squad of, you know, Lee Catamull, you've got players across the board that are really, really talented players. And, experienced players and and obviously they're going to be a match trend everyone I think I compile every year I do my league one predictions and I speak to all the writers that cover all the clubs across the division and the one thing the the every team that everyone mentioned for promotion was Sunderland I there wasn't a writer that didn't say Sunderland would go straight back up yeah. I don't know whether that's just given the history of like in previous years where it's been your Wiggins, your Blackburns and, you know, all those teams like that. Yeah. But I honestly think I've, I've not managed to watch that many of the games, but even seeing, you know, Charlie White, who he scored the other night for you guys, didn't he? He he's, did, yeah. he's a really yeah, he talented player at this level. The recruitment 
it's been good. Your players, at Max Power and Charlie White, those two, I've seen them play. They're really exciting to watch at this level. They'll give their all and they're talented and they want to go back. to. They want to be playing at a championship level. And when you buy players like that, like Fleetwood have done, you've got every chance of going back up because you're not buying journeymen that want to sit on a League One wage or sit at the top of the wages in League One and just be happy to go through the motions. You've got players in your ranks that want to be back up there, uh, want to be back in the championship. And for me, it's just always really, this is my first visit to the Stadium of Light, so I'm really excited. Um, I heard that the press food is lasagna. I'm not a fan of pasta, but <laughs> for, us, it's, for me as a writer, it's always really exciting to go to these stadiums. And, and sometimes, like I've talked about the underdog mentality with Fleetwood, it's, it's really interesting to see people's perception of Fleetwood when you cover them day in, day out. You see like what the work that goes on behind the scenes, all the hard work and how professional it is because everyone just thinks of them as a non-league team, whereas everyone thinks of Sunderland as a Premier League team. And it's yeah. just, for me, it's just really interesting. And it's it's always good. I It sounds horrible. Sunderland fans will probably hate it, but I love it when the big teams come down to League One because you get to experience new stadiums, you get to go see it. And most nine times out of 10, they do go straight back up. It, like, you just look at the history of League One in recent seasons, you know, even the likes of, yeah, yeah, even your Prestons. Who, Preston, uh, of course, yeah. You know, like, you just look at them, they are destined to go back to that next level. But then when you look at a football club that is run well, that is run exceptionally well, like Fleetwood Town, they're now on a level playing field. Yeah, and you I can think, compete, for sure. Yeah, I think it, I think more national people need to take attention and say, look, if you look at the cam- comparison even between Blackpool and Fleetwood and how the difference in between how they run. And it, it's just, you know, when you, when you look at sides, even like look at Chesterfield who are now, have dropped down way below the, the level that they should be at given their stadium and given their fan base and, it's, it's just incredible. So I think everyone is just enjoying it. And like I say, these occasions, everyone around the club is just really excited for them. And um, yeah, I, for me, from a Sunderland point of view, I'd I'd really expect them to come out and give Fleetwood a game. And I think they're going to have to go for an early goal. So it's going to be entertaining. It's about um, time we scored first. I'll tell you what, I'm getting a bit sick of coming behind. It's nice <laughs> for the character and that, but it's funny you were saying before about, about teams coming and stuff, and it, it is a real different experience. We, I went to the game on Saturday, and obviously we played Oxford, who, you know, I've seen us play Oxford before. It's mm-hmm. not the first time, and obviously Fleetwood's a bit different, but I was in the, we have like a fan zone uh, where we have like interviews, we interview players, like, but it was actually really nice. It's it's definitely changed. It didn't really work when Ella Short was here, but, and I mean, it's very like, it sounds like a very cliche thing to say but I do feel like when you're in a fan zone and you're speaking to people who are fans of League One teams it kind of feels like you're speaking to fans who you know their life is their football club which is kind of sort of what mine is like really and, and a lot of the guys that go to the game and obviously we write every day about Sunderland and it just feels like a proper old school Sunderland feel like when I used to go to Rucker Park when I was young and it felt like a family club and it, it felt like you know a working class club it's kind of come back to that a little bit and I think League One's helped that I think the change of ownership and I think the teams we're playing it just feels a little bit more there's positivity from winning games that always helps let's not deny that and we certainly want to get out of this league but it's been nice to speak to like fans of League One teams because you feel like you're speaking to actual football fans not armchair supporters yeah I think if any Sunderland fans want to know about 
what League One can do for a club given, you know, off the field and all that sort of stuff. Just look at the example of Blackburn Rovers. You know, just look at what, what they've done now, going back up into the Championship, how Tony Mowbray's rebuilt the fan spirit. And winning is a big thing. Winning is a big thing that, that gets the fans back, that does get the fans back, that does get people back on side. But it's also about, like you say, getting back in touch with the people, remembering why or remembering how to get the fans back. You know, you've got a manager now in Jack Ross who's sat there thinking, right, I need to get these fans back on side. How do I do it? And they're going back to the pureness of football. There's no glamour of Man United coming every week. There's no glamour of Tottenham coming every week. It's old-fashioned bread-and-butter football. How do you get your man off the street, your average Sunderland person, you know, to spend his money to come and watch a team like Fleetwood Town that have risen from non-league? That you know, there isn't that much glamour around Fleetwood. No, not at all. It's so how do you do it? You play good football. You play attacking football. You offer, you know, something out. You have players of a standard at League One that are the best that you're going to see. You know, you've got players that will fight for the shirt, that will, you know, that that's what you've got to do. And, and Jack Ross, given his, his history, you can imagine that, you know, he's come from, you know, Scottish football, from Hartlepool United, from, you know, Dunfermline, St Mirren. He'll know exactly what it takes to, you know, get fans in and get them try and get them in week in week out without you know the glamour of the big names like you you know United and all all your Chelsea's or your Arsenal's and I feel like that's really important in getting from your manager and I feel like I feel I've I've looked over at the management choices because I think from the outside it was a surprise you always expect a name with a club like Sunderland and it was a surprise when when he got the job and it's just really kind of interesting to see but you can see the positivity it's work it's getting back to the people and at the end of the day a football club is nothing without its people when I watched the game on Saturday I actually came back quite positive because it felt like it we unified to pull back that one nil mm-hmm. um, deficit with 10 men and, and it felt unified and I think that comes from the chairman it comes from the fans and it's definitely came from Jack Ross who's built you know, he hasn't really brought in any huge names. He's brought in mm-hmm. good League One players, like you mentioned, Charlie White. Um, Chris McGuire's been really good. Mm-hmm. He's been off the boil the past few weeks, but you know, I, I really, really like Chris McGuire. Um, but he's brought in players that have, you know, the 25, 26 year old, maybe have something to prove. And but they're not like huge household names. We haven't just gone and picked who whoever is available from the championship that would come to Sunderland he's he's actually got an idea behind building a team and I think that does build into that idea of unity and I think that's something Sunderland as a whole has missed and a lot of clubs can benefit from that mindset um and I really think after chatting with you today maybe as much as I don't like saying Joey Barton can unify anybody um (laughs) I do feel like we have sort of we're maybe in this in in the same area of mindset at the moment where we feel kind of unified and, and we feel a confidence in the team yeah, and I actually don't expect him to necessarily come out and say anything that sensational about Sunderland. I don't think, I think Joey Barton, the manager, is actually going to come out and not be sensible, but in his approach, I don't think he's going to want, you know, to to rile the fans necessarily. I think he's going to actually want, well, actually, I don't know. I think he might want you to, I think he might want to turn up at the Sunderland uh, uh, Stadium of Light and 
have the Sunderland fans look at him and, and go, yeah, oh, you don't sometimes. know anything, you don't know anything, <laughs> and then prove them wrong. I think at the end of the day, this whole season, this whole project, his whole later years of life recently have been about proving people wrong that he isn't this, you know, maverick, um, no-brain footballer. He's proved yeah. He's got a degree behind him. He's got, you know... When you scratch the surface, he's like one of the most eloquent people you meet. And But he's also from a working class background and he's worked his way up there. And I think, I don't think, I, I always respect that. I don't know. I think it's when the working class do well and, and as a working class person, when you see it yourself and you kind of identify, there's no silver spoon with Joey Barton. And I think sometimes, you know, he's had a past, he's had misdemeanors, but touch wood for now for Fleetwood's sake nothing has kind of derailed his management career to date um and I just think it's it's a really exciting time and, and he, I think he will prove a lot of people wrong this year I think he really will and I don't know I always get accused of being a bit glass half full <laughs> so uh, <laughs> a bit a rose tinted but yeah, but no, I, I honestly think because I, I was the only one out of the League One writers to tip Fleetwood to get promoted because I, I do think they will. I think they will, given the calibre of this squad. I think they should be up there and challenging him. And it's not, say, the pressure that Sunderland have because you have got one of the best squads in the division. You have got, yeah, obviously, more more us. money. But everyone expects it. If you end up being fourth at Christmas, then there's going to be questions asked of, Jack Ross that perhaps won't be asked of Joey Barton if Fleetwood are fourth. You know, it, it's 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 amazing how football works when it comes to, especially this division and League One is just one of those where, like I say, there is definitely a gulf this year between the bottom teams and what I class as, you know, what perhaps will be the bottom of League One and, and some of your old clubs that have done historically well, your Scunthorpes and your Bradfords, when you look at how we've played them just recently, when you look at them, they're not the beasts that they've been over the last couple of years. Uh, and, and then you've got your Portsmouths and your Peterboroughs who are, are rising. You know, they spent last year, they were, you know, they weren't up there necessarily last year. This year, they're coming back with a vengeance. And yeah, it's a completely well. different League One feeling. Um but it's really exciting. It's really exciting for me. I've not seen the division this wide open, I don't think, in a long time. And, I, you know, there's not that great Wolf side that there was. There's not that great, well, in my opinion, it was a great p and &E side. Um, yeah, it was. a bit biased watching it. Um, and then, you know, you, you've not got that Wigan side. You've not got that Sheffield United side. Um, perhaps Sunderland can be that, that side. But like you saw with Blackburn, if anyone watched the example of Blackburn last year, they had a really, really slow start to life in League One. As it he was, yeah. It was like they were, they lost mm. like the first three in the first six or something like that. Yeah, and then they kind of rose, and then they got used to the division, what it was about. Because what you'll find, which is what Blackburn found, was that people were turning up to Ewood Park, a Premier League standard stadium like Sunderland's is, and they were giving their all week in week out because that was the big the game final. in yeah. the division. Because we're going to have been in League One before. And, you know, people have gone to the DW. And in my opinion, the DW is not comparable to Ewood Park. But that might no. just be biased. <laughs> um, but, that, you know, <laughs> players players turning up to the stadium alike, this is like, you know, this is the big, 
the big game of the season. You're just going to, you know, 6,000, 8,000, you know, senior stadiums. Yeah. yeah. Fleetwood will never. This is going to be the highest ever attendance in Fleetwood's history, I think. Um, I saw a stat about that the other day. I don't, the last time in the league, the highest attendance was at Sheffield United at Bramall Lane. So this is going to be the most people that have ever watched a Fleetwood Town team in the league before. Which is something players play professional football for if they've got anything about themselves. And I mean, a team managed by Joey Barton, I don't like saying it, but you know, there's characters in that team and he's a character whether you like it or not. So they're going to, unfortunately, maybe for us, going to relish that. But that brings me on to something that I always like to end on. I have a feeling you're going to be quite confident with this. But if you were to have a score prediction for Saturday, what would you go for? Well, I'm already in the Sunderland Echo going for a 2-0 Fleetwood Town win. Ooh, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so I'm not a soothsayer. Normally my predictions don't go too well. But I just, I honestly, I, I don't really see them conceding unless, like I say, Sunderland get an early goal. I think if it gets to half-time and Fleetwood haven't conceded, I think they're better away from home than they are um, at home. So... I, I can really see Fleetwood causing an upset. And in my mind, I don't think it would be an upset, but that's just what I've watched. I think to many yeah. on paper, especially given the international break as well, there'll be many eyes. There are many eyes on this game. And that is also pain into Fleetwood's hands a bit. You know, you've had football focus down at Fleetwood this week, talking to the chairman, talking to Joey Barton. You know, that's not an average build-up to a League One game for Fleetwood Town. And it's all because of the international break and because of the, the size of the stadium they're going to and, and you know, the club that they're playing. And because I'm not going on Saturday, because it's my birthday on Saturday, I'm 32. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to actually take Sunderland for a win. I took us for a draw last week. I think I said 2-2 two, two and I was right. So because I'm a bit of a jinx, I'm, I'm going to say we'll win and then I'm back for the Rochdale game. So we'll probably, <laughs> we'll probably draw that one. Uh, but I'll take us for a win. I, I quite fancy us to... Go on and win, but I'll be honest. There, there uh, for the first time this season, I think there is a little bit of fear because I think Fleetwood are doing well, and you haven't done anything to 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 calm those nerves. If I'm honest with you, with your positive speak, what don't do that. You know, get out of here. You know, like don't do <laughs> the positive speak. But um, Sorry. it's been lovely to have you on, Rosie. It's been really, really nice to have a chat, and I, I feel like it's quite nice each week picking up kind of the different elements of these teams we're playing and and actually having an understanding of you know, what league we're in. I just hope that uh, the understanding comes in, in the shape of three points every single week. But I'm sure that's not going to be the case as I found out on Saturday. But um, enjoy your journey up. Um, I'm sure you will have fun in the press box, even if it is lasagna. Um, <laughs> it's do let me know. Sure. But do enjoy it. I, I hear it's probably going to be cold. Oh, right. I'm used to that. It's uh, the north. I'm from the north, by the way. the north. Yeah, <laughs> We're tough. We're fine. No, it's fine. But enjoy your journey. Um, I hope you don't enjoy the game. Um, I hope that it's very, very unenjoyable. Um, as always, you know, I'm going to be honest with that. But um, lovely having you on. I hope you had fun. Brilliant. Thank you very much. See you soon. Bye. See you soon, Rosie. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Oh, she sounded positive, didn't she? Uh, it was a bit worrying. And she seemed to like Joey Bart, and that's a bit worrying. Uh, but I can understand that. Uh, I can understand the positivity uh, behind a controversial manager if you win games and if he's building a good team. Let's go back to Paolo Di Canio days. It didn't really work out, but we didn't really mind when he was beating Newcastle through a nil. Do you know what I mean? Uh, controversy kind of goes by the wayside when you're winning games of football. Um, and that's something Fleetwood are doing. And, uh, you know, I wasn't 
just trying to be nice there when I was reading through the players they have in the team. They have a pretty solid team uh, for this league. Yeah, Chad Evans, again, another person that has a lot of controversy around him for many, many poor reasons, but is scoring goals and he's he's very talented at this level. Burns has been impressive as well. Thankfully, he's suspended. Um, but if you've just got to like, kind of look through the team. I think, you know, I listed off a few players before. Jason Holt always really impressed me when he's at Rangers. And I don't think every Rangers fan will agree with me on that. But he's a pretty nippy player, especially at this level. Dean Marnie uh, was playing Premiership, what, two years ago for a, a really good Burnley team. Um, he's heavily experienced. You've got people like James Husband, who hasn't played every game, but it's a name you recognize. Tommy Spurs, another one. Um, who used to be at Sheffield Wednesday. They're not a bunch of unknowns. They're actually a pretty solid team, and I'm not too surprised that they're sixth off top at all. I, I think we'll be in for a tough game, if I'm honest with you. You know, nonetheless, I'm not going, so we'll probably win. Uh, that's kind of what we do, isn't it? Just bad news for me, great news for you, because it means we'll probably come back with three points. But thanks for tuning in again. Um, I'll be back with you for the Burton game. I hope uh, you have a bit more of an insight into Fleetwood, and I hope for the people who said I spoke a little bit too much about Sunderland realised how much I didn't speak about Sunderland this week. I'm always happy to take on constructive criticism, so thanks for that. Enjoy your weekend. Bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.